But we run into trouble when we're in a season of life where we're really wanting and being called to quantum leap, to level the fuck up at an aggressive rate, right? You all know those seasons. I bet you're in one right now. I'll bet you're in one right now. So this message is really for you. And when you're in that season that you're in right now, my friend, and you're being called to like literally redefine yourself, to step into the vision of yourself you know you can step into, but you've always fallen short of. Your personality is your enemy. Welcome to the Conscious Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Griff. I'm a conscious serial entrepreneur with a passion for wealth creation, sovereignty and natural law, spirituality and consciousness, financial literacy, commerce, investing, and the game of money. I am the founder of the Level Up Collective, a conscious wealth mastermind in which I lead countless others through the process of unlearning most, if not all, of what we've been taught about the world and the game of money, and then relearning what the rules of this secretive game really are and how we can actually win at it. I was incredibly blessed to stumble across many of the secrets of the 1% at a young age. And rather than keeping it all to myself, I'm on a mission to share this information freely with as many people as I can. This podcast is going to challenge the very fabric of your reality. And at times, you may find yourself running up against some of your deepest unconscious belief systems. I encourage you to give yourself grace, keep an open mind, and never just accept what I say as fact. Always do your own research. I never want you to just assume I am telling the truth. I am not here to convince or teach you anything, but rather to reflect back and remind you of things that somewhere in your consciousness you already know. Take what resonates, discard what doesn't, and enjoy the ride. Now let's get started. Hello everyone. Today's podcast might just be one of the best we've ever put out. Spent a lot of time preparing this in terms of how to use the words at my disposal in the best possible way, in the best possible arrangement to create the highest level of clarity for you all. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that. So let's get into it. What are we talking about? We're going to be talking about how to quantum leap, how to create a new reality. There's an entire industry predicated on this. It's called the self-help space. There's another industry fairly predicated on this. It's called the spiritual space. Both of these spaces, which I've been a part of for the better part of a decade in various ways, both of them have unique approaches and lenses to changing your life. And I have my own unique approaches and lenses to changing your life. But the reason that I bring this up is not to contrast between those two. We've done that in other other episodes. This is a completely different uh, topic and lens today. The reason that I bring that up is because pretty much every single one of you listening, if there is one thing that I know, it is that you're seeking to improve your life. And so if we can all agree on the fact that we're all seeking to improve our life, 
then really all we need to figure out is how does that actually work? Because I don't think that the majority of you listening may have ever taken the time to stop, go deep, and somewhat psychoanalyze what it means to create a new reality, like at a maybe a quantum level. How the hell do we do that? We hear stories about it. We love movies about it. We love documentaries about it. But how do you actually do it? So that's what today's episode is going to be about. And I think this is going to be extremely, extremely valuable for a select group of you guys that listen to our podcast. So before we get into any of the real juicy stuff, we do need to lay some groundwork on the construct of a personality first. So first thing about a personality that I want to speak on, which I feel like might be a little bit revolutionary for some of you who may not have thought about this, but this is something that I think about all the time and have thought about for many years. Our personality can be thought of as a culmination of coping mechanisms, learned responses, attachments, preferences, identifications, and ultimately habitual neural pathways expressed as something we have come to feel is, quote unquote, us. I'm going to say that last part again. Our personality can be thought of as a culmination of habitual neural brain pathways expressed as something we have come to mistakenly feel is us. But it is not us. We have simply grown attached to it. That's what the egoic construct does. It attaches. It thinks I am that. It almost reminds me of the infographics about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. How many of you guys have seen that one? Hopefully all of you are nodding your head. It's probably the most played out infographic in Instagram history, right? You have a line down the center. On the one end, you have growth mindset and a certain image with it, and then a list of what that means. On the other one, you have fixed mindset, a more negative image, and then a bullet point list of what that means. And the growth mindset person, of course, is open to change, et cetera, et cetera. And then the fixed mind person, the fixed mindset person is not. And I kind of view this in the same way. So we could think of the soul as the growth mindset archetype. And then we could think of the personality construct as the fixed mindset archetype. The reason that I say that is because the personality doesn't want to change. It's not interested in a conversation around how it's wrong. It's not trying to, (laughs) it's not trying to talk about that. The personality will say things like, but I am Jeremy and Jeremy doesn't do things like that. Or I don't like those kinds of experiences. I don't like those movies. I don't like that music. I don't like people like that, right? All these I statements come from the personality construct. And once again, when we realize that our personality is nothing more than a ball of coping mechanisms, learned responses, attachments, and preferences from the past, we have to really sit with that. And what are the implications of that? We go about our day-to-day life making these statements as if we're so sure of ourselves. I'm Jeremy, and Jeremy does this, and Jeremy is this, and Jeremy likes this, and Jeremy doesn't like this, and Jeremy does this, and he wouldn't do this. But the mechanism that insists that those things are fact comes from the past. 
And this is where we start to run into trouble because I'm not saying or trying to insinuate that your personality is bad or it should be demonized, just like the ego. It's not what I'm saying. But we run into trouble when we're in a season of life where we're really wanting and being called to quantum leap, to level the fuck up at an aggressive rate, right? You all know those seasons. I bet you're in one right now. I'll bet you're in one right now. So this message is really for you. And when you're in that season that you're in right now, my friend, and you're being called to like literally redefine yourself, to step into the vision of yourself you know you can step into, but you've always fallen short of, your personality is your enemy. So now that we've gotten on the same page a little bit about how personality works, we can get into the real meat of today's talk, which is surrounding how to actually change your life. Everyone talks about different processes. There's all sorts of books about it. You can watch a podcast that gets you fired up, but it's all very conceptual, general, more emotional. There's not really much specific step-by-step stuff out there, which is really why I'm bringing this to you guys and why I'm so excited about it. So there's a lot of stories of people overcoming seemingly impossible adversity and changing who they are, making it to the other side of identity change. But how the fuck do they actually do it? Let's break it down. First, we need to understand the core premise of the personality that I've been leading up to. Our personality construct is physically attached We could think of it as psychically, energetically attached to the past. Because remember, everything about our personality is a bundle of things that were learned in the past. Everything about our personality is optimizing for efficiency, so we don't have to think about it. Our personality just habitualizes things, puts them in a yes bucket or a no bucket. I like that bucket. I don't like that bucket. And that's very effective evolutionary mechanism. It's a very effective evolutionary mechanism. It got us here. But seeing as we are spiritual beings, the planet's in a very interesting space in 2022, and most of us listening are trying to live a life above that of our animal ancestors, we have to question our personality construct. So to reiterate, our personality construct is psychically and energetically attached to the past, right? Yet it's being brought into the present over and over in every moment. I want you to think about the last time you made a split-second decision. You did so based on your personality, right? You did a super quick thought. It was likely unconscious. And you thought to yourself, what do I do in this situation? Okay, I do this. But the I that was asking that and the decision-making mechanisms and processes that were considered before you made that split-second decision, all of that came from the past. So the challenge, the real challenge to behavior change is much more of a spiritual challenge. It's not about discipline. It's not about willpower. It's about the fact that it's really, really hard to not bring our past into the present. And this part is so important that I'm going to say it again. What's going on, guys? We just wanted to take a really quick break from the show 
to thank you guys for all of the continued support and let you know that we are really prioritizing growing this podcast in both audio and video format. And on that note, we are wanting to connect with you guys on YouTube. So if you have been following along to our podcast on whatever audio streaming service that may be, we want to make sure that we're also connected on YouTube as we are putting out exclusive video only content on YouTube. And we're also going to be doing some giveaways in the near future. So we want to make sure we're connected on there for those of you who would like to be. And you can find us at youtube.com slash official. All one word, no special characters. All right. Thank you guys so much for the continued support. We could not do this without you. Now let's get back to the show. If you understand that our personality construct is energetically attached to the past, yet it's being brought into the present over and over in every moment, how are we ever supposed to change? And this is where there's kind of a delusional patience or grace, if you will, a bypassing, if you will, where we just kind of tell ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm really working on it. I'm doing better, but occasionally I mess up. But I feel like that's not even the right conversation to be having. It's much more of a conversation of how much of your past are you bringing into your present decision-making processes? Because your past created your present and your present creates your future. And if you want a different future, you would literally be insane to continue to recreate the past and expect a different result. I'm going to say that again. If your past creates your present and your present creates your future, how can we ever expect to have a different future by using our past in our present moment decision-making processes. So the real challenge that the self-help space fails to solve in any meaningful capacity is this past-present-future dilemma. And this is a very quantum physics, spiritual conversation. That's why a lot of the self-help space fails to solve it. I didn't really get good at this until... I deepened my spiritual practices and I did a lot of learning about quantum physics. So there is no way to create a new future using the personality that is completely attached to the past because your personality, that's where it was created. It was created in the past. All of its loyalty lies to the past. If we were to ask the question, what is the purpose of the personality? And your personality was able to talk and answer that, it would probably sound something like, I want to remain congruent with the identity that we have created for me and the identity that you've attached to about who you are, about who you aren't, about what you like, and about what you are not like. But in order to create a new future, a new reality, we have to be able to show up radically different in the present moment repeatedly enough times to create that gap. What gap am I talking about? You have to be able to create a gap, space between stimulus and response where new seeds can be planted, right? Life gives you the same type of test and instead of reacting in the same habitualized neural pathway responses, you're able to breathe and take a second. You respond in a different way And now a new neural pathway is being formed and strengthened. And slowly, a new identity will start to emerge. 
This is the real work. When we talk about doing the work or inner work, this is the real work. It's not sitting in lotus position for years, meditating, bypassing your humanity and the messy present moment opportunities to show the fuck up and be courageous, just like I did. I did this bypassing for years. And of course, I'm being partially biased in me saying that because I could have never gotten to a more balanced place without every step of my journey. So I never want you guys to be confused when I say things like that, as if I'm downplaying the role that meditation or some of these practices have had on my journey. I just think it's kind of funny. It's something I can look back on and kind of laugh at myself about. But regardless, the real work, the reason we do the meditating amongst many other things is because you can practice in meditation, widening the gap and accessing the place where there is no thought. Meditation is the gateway without any need for any sort of drug or substance in a reasonable amount of time. It is the gateway to transcending your thought mind, to transcending beta wave brain states, and getting yourself into theta wave, sometimes delta or gamma wave brain states, where everything slows down and the thoughts cease to exist. And if you're consistent with it, you will have experiences where you're immersed in all that is. There is no separation anymore. And you get to experience what I'm referring to as the gap. And in that place, you get to plant whatever seeds you want. And those seeds are directly being planted in your subconscious mind. And this is a process I took myself through for years and years and years. But instead of just keeping it kind of woo-woo, like a lot of the spiritual space does, where they kind of just tell you to meditate all the time because that's what spiritual people do, I wanted to make this a lot more practical because it's not just about meditation. We need to understand why we're meditating, what meditation is training, and we need to understand that it's way bigger and more practical than just sitting in a chair meditating. That is just an example of a practice where you're going to be able to meet the spaces that you need to be able to access in order to even stand a chance of showing up differently in the present moment. Because without meditation practices and other practices to regulate your nervous system and slow your brainwave states, you're going to be living extremely reactively to life. And when you live reactively to life, that's another way of saying you're stuck in your personality. You're reacting based on habitualized responses. You're unconscious. Now, you may not resonate with those things, but that's exactly what it is, even if it doesn't feel good to consider that about yourself. <laughs>